welcome in to another episode of the West Life Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Barnett. We are brought to you by Holman Barnes Group, which includes West Ashfield League's best place to watch the game live and loud, and you can do that for Origin tomorrow night as well. Obviously, the West Tigers have a bye coming up this week, but um, yeah, at West Life Pod on Instagram and Twitter, please give us a follow on those socials. I think we're in the 900s on Instagram now, so if you're in uh, on Instagram, uh, yeah, check it out. Don't don't worry about the bikini models and all the other boring stuff. Give us a follow at Westlife Pod on there. Uh, on those, you'll see our link tree link as well. You can find everything that we do uh, through those links on the Instagram and Twitter profiles. Uh, support and take part in the show, patreon.com forward slash Westlife. Shouts to the guys and girls in there. You have about probably an hour-ish to drop your questions in the channel on the Discord if you haven't already. And shouts to everyone tuning in on YouTube on a Monday evening, not watching the cricket. We, I don't know about you boys. I have the cricket on in the background. Uh, hopefully the Aussies can roll the palms. But, um, yeah, on the West Tigers, if you were watching on YouTube, you would have heard the twelve commentary intro there as we were there live to witness history in the uh i always forget what the Campbelltown grandstands called we're in the western grandstand of western yep the mountainside yep uh we didn't get to hear vossi it's a little bit unfortunate that his co-commentator was michael ennis but it was you said it uh leading into the game i think you said it in the discord it was kind of fitting that Vossi was on commentary and could have been a sign for the uh, the 12 try actually happening. Yeah, g'day, Josh. G'day, Rob. G'day, everyone watching and listening in. It's actually kind of funny. Um, at first, from our vantage point, we didn't realise that it was 12 who scored. And then when you said to me, hang on, was that 12? I was like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> then we then we started watching the, the big screen just to see who it was. And then as soon as we realised it was 12, we, we went off even harder. And I'd like to claim that I um, I put it out in the universe, but um, Vossi he did that himself um, mm. with a tweet pre-game. Like he, well, he, he normally does a tweet of that sort pre-game, but I don't know. I feel like it's just absolutely poetic that Vossi was there to call Twally's first try. Um, he's always been one of Twally's biggest supporters. Uh, there was obviously that segment on the first episode of The Fan this year about twelve scoring a try and talking to forwards from other clubs and I don't know. I think it was just poetically timed that it, it was Vossi who called who got to call it. And then I remember like I had terrible service throughout the game. I was trying to put up a post on Twitter with a with a Twally gift, but none of them were loading. And um mm. then um as soon as I as soon as I was able to I played the clip of him scoring so we, you and I could hear the commentary and we had a little bit of a chuckle listening to <laughs> listening to Vossi go off, but yeah, did. great, great try. Um, happy for him. I wonder how he felt when he heard the, the Twally chant going around Campbelltown. Yeah. Might've been a bit been... of a meme, but oh well. No, I think it was a great moment for him. And I think <laughs> um, he was trying his best to yeah concentrate on the game at hand. Rob, you were a late uh, scratching for the game, but I bet you were going off in your uh, lounge room watching that one for Twally. Yeah, g'day, fellas. G'day, everyone listening. Um, yeah, it's a sad indictment of being a West Tigers fan that 
and Alex 12 tries, one of the highlights of the year. I mean, I'd rather win games and be a competitive team, but they're the little things, unfortunately, that we have to take our pieces of satisfaction out of because yeah. um, the one thing I am happy with, I'm glad it wasn't a try at 24-0 and it didn't count. It was actually a try that gave us a lead with the conversion. Lead, yeah. And, um, yeah, look, it was funny to see the carry-on afterwards, you know, from a lot of the players and, you know, heaven help if Clement tried to touch that ball. And mm. I, I don't know, even looking at the even looking at the contest, I kind of wasn't sure if the ball – I know it was, it was knocked on by Melbourne, but I didn't know if it went forward or fast. It was, yeah. like, pretty parallel. I mean, it, anyway, it's a try. He's on the board. I mean, would have preferred his first try was in a grand final like uh, Bryce Gibbs's was uh, yeah. 18 years ago, but – yeah, we got that out of the way now. Now we can just look forward to the rest of the season or we just get through the rest of the season. I don't know what there is much else to look forward to, to be honest. I'm not in a, in a great way about it. Yeah. yeah the referee probably. even had a smirk on his face knowing what he was knowing what he had just awarded. <clears throat> yeah, it would be a good trivia question. Who was the referee when, when Alex <laughs> Ball scored his try? Where were you then- when Alex, Alex scored his try? Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, then so we were just sitting moments. there praying for the bunker to not take it off him. Yeah, I think there would Josh have been absolute you, riots. Josh gave me a bit of a laugh today. I think you put something on on our Discord page saying something about a public twaller day. I just cracked up laughing. I thought, what a great! Uh, I didn't know it was me. I was, I, oh, I was some, someone put someone put a photo. I know when I'm yeah. public twaller day. I thought, well done. Yeah, it's <laughs> for, it was from NRL roast, and they've been big supporters of Twally getting his first try for a while as well. So yeah, they, very clever. Um, the bloke who runs that, he'd be a happy chappy right now too. Yeah. Right, I will start with the Sheenzy, a few clips from the Sheenzy slash uh, Captain Johnny Bateman presser. So we'll start with, we'll segue to Sheen's talking about Twally. Yeah, I wish he'd have scored two more. But in saying that, um, yeah, good luck to him. Um, it's just, a, a, he's an honest, hard-working player. He was in the spot, he chased the ball, he's a front row chasing the ball and it bounced back for him. So, uh, well done, John. You are one of. As I feel like, I know it was after a loss, but I don't know. Sheenzy, did he come off a little? I mean, he's not the most high or low emotional guy, but seemed a little bit down. I guess the result. He didn't want to get excited after we ended up getting smacked. I guess. Yeah, I, I, I mean. It's all well and good to be happy for Twole, and I think the whole, like the whole club was. You could see the, like Rob said, you could see the carry on between the players on field. Um, I don't know. I think it was just a moment, like it, like it. What Rob said, it's it's been a shitty season. Um, the season's over for us already. It's just a nice little moment. Um, to kind of have a have a good week because of, and we get a little bit longer to kind of enjoy it because of the bye this week before we have ten more weeks to. To get through afterwards. Uh, right, we'll go to Sheenzy uh, talking about the uh, the halves pairing with um, Stafford Tower. It's an hour question that I won't answer now because uh, I need to have a good look at the game first. Again, you look at the game with emotion, then you sit down, look at it in the video, and uh, make some decisions on what we might or might not do. But um, one thing's for sure, yeah, we haven't got a lot of options at this point. Um, so, but we didn't get any further injury tonight, as I understand. So that'll help anyway. Rob, you obviously didn't have much to 
choose from, but we all thought the Stafford Toa at 5'8 experiment was a left field odd one. What did you think Think of that and what Shanzi said there? Oh, look, we called it last week. I mean, we knew what was going to happen based on the Gold Coast game because that's where Stafford got thrown in. And, I mean, like, he can run and he's elusive. It was just a dumb decision. Uh, not that he didn't try, but he's not a link. We look disjointed. Uh, Wakem's trying to run the show. He's got a 5'8 that can't kick the ball. He's got a hooker that doesn't kick the ball. He's got a fullback that doesn't kick the ball. Um, yeah, I did call on Wakem needing to do a lot more, but in his defence, he didn't have much around him, guys. It was a pretty it's a pretty bad decision, especially when you consider Will Smith was 18th man. Um, so I don't, I don't know. We're meant to have a next man up mentality. We didn't put the next man up. All we did was weaken right centre. You know, Naden would have been better off on the left centre. Kapoa, just one of the worst games I've ever seen defensively. I, I just, I, I don't know what he does. I don't know what they teach him. I don't see it. I don't see the guy getting better. Maybe in his defence, he's meant to be playing more second row now and he shouldn't have been thrown into the centre. But if I ever see him at left centre, I actually won't watch the game again. It's just just really gives me the shits, guys. I'm, I'm at the point mm. in my life where with footy, I just don't have a filter anymore. It's nothing personal. He's just fucking shit. I'm just going to call it how he is. He's absolutely fucking shit. I don't know how he gets a start in first grade. And just while we're on that, Talao should, should never be in first grade. And I'd rather put an absolute shit kicker that's never played before because all that person could do is play just as shit as Talao and Kapoa play. So there's just no excuse for playing him anymore, guys. And and I'm pretty frustrated about the whole thing. That was that was a really poor effort the other night against a team that was missing six or seven guys. I know we're missing three of our best probably, but it's not the point. They absolutely rolled rolled through us from the get-go. We showed a little bit of fight after halftime with the ball, but defensively, I just can't believe how many metres they made per set. And given the three of us were there a fortnight earlier when we played Canberra, and we tackled our asses off. We were in the ruck. We were we were in the collision. We were moving up quickly. They got all their tries from freakish kicks or and a drop bomb. And then to see what what we saw two weeks later, but you know, as as a unit, the boys have switched off. There were definitely some individual efforts that were very credible. You know, our back row, the three of them all had good games. Uh, you know, there's some good stats there. But as a unit, guys, they just gave up. Man, there was no confidence. It was like if we're winning, great. But once we we were losing, there was just there was nothing. And how could there be anything? You got a bloke who's not a five eight playing five eight mm. in one of the key positions. So you know, look, some some good things to come out of it. You know, it's good to see the young hooker get a run. I, like his first run was pretty amazing. Um, so he's got a lot of speed. and He looks like he plays with a lot of pace. So it's good to know that there's going to be someone there when Appy retires in two or three years, and you know we'll bring him in the right way. But I'm sick of fucking waiting, Josh, every year, mm. like next year, next year, next year. Yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah, just frustrating, man. Just so frustrating. And, and we're getting punished for, for some bad recruitment decisions as well. We've done some good ones, but we've done plenty of bad ones. And, and you know, now we've got this halves problem, which is mm. self-inflicted in my opinion. But anyway. Well, here's Sheenzy talking a little bit about that. No. No, what Brooksy does is what Brooksy does. So, I, you know, that's not, I don't think that affected the team one bit. You know, all these boys have done contracts over the years, made decisions about the careers. That's that's not an issue. Um, our main issue was trying to put together a new combination. Uh, and um, 
in a handful of days. So we've got a bye um, to sit down and reset. There's a few bumps and bruises. Guys are still getting a few needles here and there and parts of their body. So hopefully we'll come back a lot fresher. A little bit of a break for everyone will be good. And then uh, then we've got a critical month of footy because we've got a lot of away games. This is our last game here, so we've got a critical group of games coming up that we've just got to nail uh, enough of them to stay in touch. Otherwise, it's uh, it's experiment for next year. Yeah. Uh, obviously, mathematics, not Tim Sheens's uh, forte there because it's, yeah, if we weren't fucked before, we're certainly fucked now. Just Exper- to, uh, Experiment, the experiment for the rest of the year, Josh, he says. Experiment for the rest of the year. What the fuck is Tower at number six? Experiment for the rest of the year. Get get rid of Hastings. Get rid of Madden. Hire a hire a wake him in December or early January, and just say, "Oh, we got no one at half." Where's the planning for that? Since Tim Sheens has been there, we've come last last year, and we're sitting last now. I just I just don't like the bloke. And at the end of the day, whatever I say, whatever people can say, yeah, you're sitting in your lounge room bagging the shit out of him. We've come last, and we're sitting last. And I got the I got the ladder to back me. He's just shit, and he's we're not going to be any good till he's out of the club. So I've just accepted that. I'm just kidding myself if I expect next year to be better with this shit talker there. As Sheen's something mentioned something there, there's obviously it was the last game at Campbelltown with we're out of Leichhardt games, and on the way back when we're driving home, you mentioned that there's only two home games left. So if you're a season ticket holder. You have, like you are, as there's two games left in the season, and we're at round 16. So, of course, mm-hmm. we've given given games to Tamworth and New Zealand, but that's just, and I know we've talked about it before with the Women's uh, Soccer World Cup. They've taken our home grounds and that sort of thing. But just when you said that, I was like, fuck me, Dad. Not only are we going to play against a pretty hard opponents. We don't get we get two home games to finish our last what? How many games have we got left? Ten. Seven, ten. ten. We're ten games left, and we've got two games at home in Sydney, which is crazy. Yeah, you're not you're not wrong. Um, like I kind of made a bit of a joke about it early in this early in the year, calling it the the three quarter of a season ticket instead of the full season ticket um, or membership, which is what they refer to it as because it's literally nine games out of the 12, nine games out of the 12 home games that I get to go to this year. Um, given the season's now over, it may not be exactly a bad thing that I don't have to go and watch as many games. Um, hmm. I've already gone and suffered through seven. I've only got to suffer through two more. I was originally thinking about going to a few more away games this year to cheer to support the team, but honestly, I don't know if I can bring myself to do it now. Because um, with this season dead and buried, and this being year number twelve of no finals, and my morale for the club and for the season, um, for the team in particular, at a pretty low level, it's um, not a not not a particularly fun feeling. So I don't know. I'll go to the two. Um, that are that are still in my membership, both at Combank against Combank, the Sharks yeah. and the Dolphins. Um, I'm investing myself now in the women's season, which I am extremely hyped for because that's only I think five weeks away now, um, and I'm looking forward to cheering for those girls. Like as soon as tickets for our round one game against the Eels at Combank come out, I will be jumping straight onto those and buying one and trying to convince my dad and my brother to come along with me and watch the watch the girls. 
uh, debut game as well, because I think that could be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll find an next to see. Kathy, Kathy's listening. I know so many people in Italy at the moment. Kathy's listening in from Rome. So, uh, uh, Is ciao, Bella. Is Joseph Alifarci still in Italy? I believe Joe, I saw Joe in the comments before. I believe he's still in in the uh, in Italia. So, um, yeah, Kathy asked me to send her the half time and full time scores on mm. Saturday night. She was having bad uh, reception with her NRL app. Anyway, fours are 12, fours are 12. <laughs> uh, righto, next. Uh, here's Sheenzy talking about Jareem Buller. 199 metres again, yeah. three weekends in a row. He's, uh, he's only played, it's amazing, he's only played eight. He was eight or nine in the NRL game, so he just keeps impressive. He's a superstar of the future, there's no doubt. But, um, you know, he's 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 quite kid, and that probably goes against him just yet. But for that amount of games, I'm not expecting him to to tell blokes what to do. He's not got that personality. What he is, is he, he finds half a hole in him and he, and he works hard and you've got to work hard to get him. Uh, he's, a, he's a fine for us and I think, uh, you know, after 50 games, he'll be something special in there. So 50 games, that's two years, uh, Rob, but hopefully he re-signs beyond those 50 games because we've had a fullback in the past. It kind of feels to be like deja vu, where we've got this superstar fullback coming through. Uh, although when Tedesco did debut, we did have a pretty good side. He just unfortunately did his ACL. Benji was still... Uh, I think it was Benji's last year, wasn't it? The ACL. Teddy's debut, wasn't it? He played one game. Against Cronulla. Benji, against Cronulla, the field goal, yeah. Um, but yeah, Jareem Buller, man, he's... Absolute sensation. We've got, like you said earlier, we've got some talent on this side. We've got all this cash. We're in a position where we can be. And I know you said that's next year, next year. But, I mean, in terms of set up for the following year, it's there's certainly something there. But it's just where are we going to spend these dollars? We've still got dollars for this year that we need to spend. So, yeah, we're... Uh, like a mule for spinning wheel at the moment. Well, no, nothing's changed from last week, Josh. We're still, I said last week, we've got 10 or 11 players that are really good that we've got to look forward to. We, we need halves. We've said that. We're, you know, we've found a fullback, which we didn't have before. Like what Sheen said there about Bull is probably the only credible thing that came out of his mouth in that presser. Um, you know, what did, what did Buller have? 197, 199 metres, whatever. No, it was, that actually, they actually recalculated it was 220 or something. Okay. Well, I mean, it's the thing is. He's he's a hundred percent right. I mean, he's he's not a talkative bloke. He's got to get his feel for the game, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But you know, it's not a knock on Buller, but like he's a quiet bloke. But you got to get him to start talking now. Like you can see with our defence, we we need a fullback that can talk and organise the the defence and be a bit more of a leader. So that needs to be coached into him. But everything he's doing is fantastic, and I agree that you know within a couple of years he'll be a superstar. In fairness, I think he'll be a superstar next year. Give him that full off season with the first grade unit. What he what he what he's done on the back of being thrown in after ten rounds basically is fantastic. So, look, he's he's one of the shining lights that we've got to look forward to. So, yeah. Uh, but at, but as for all that other stuff, you know, with the halves and whatever, we've we've put ourselves in that in our own uh, in that position, and that's Sheen's fault. You know, we've seen. I mean, look, Jock Madden hasn't set the world on fire in Brisbane. He, he got one game when Reynolds was injured, and he didn't play very well. To be fair. Um, and Hastings has done a great job with Newcastle considering Ponga was out for the first few games and he got thrown in with 
you know, the, the uh, Phoenix Crossland and Tyson Gamble and all these randoms at 5'8", and they were still winning games. We had an organiser, we let him go. And, and mm. you know, we should be regretting that. And just the fact we don't we don't have a backup half now, we had to put Toa there, is quite stupid. I mean, Will Smith did combine with Wakeham in the trial against Canberra in the first half, and they looked pretty good together. I, I don't know what Will Smith has been up to. Maybe he's playing like shit, but, man, just put the positions they're playing in and just that, stop, you know, doing the sheensy shuffle and, and fucking everything up, you know, because it's quite obvious to see what's going on. Yeah, we'll see um, next week against the Cowboys. He's got plenty of time to work that out, I guess. And uh, he, here he is talking about debutante. We haven't mentioned – we, we kind of mentioned Talon De Silva, but um, yeah, here's Sheenzy talking about this young sensation. Uh, young Hooker had a polished debut, I suppose. Um, how did you see his game? Oh, yeah, I think, look, there was a bit too much publicity for the kid, I think. Um yeah, everyone expected him to win the game and score 10 tries, you know. He's a good kid. That's it. He's a kid. He's an 18-year-old kid. But he has got a future, don't worry. I think I, I've seen it for the 18 months or two years now. I've been here back at the club uh, from the time he led the under-17s to an undefeated premiership uh, in uh, Matthews. But, you know, he is still young and raw, so we, we drip-fed him in and out of the game tonight. Jake did a, a good job as well. Now, without Appy, he's a big loss to us. Um, and uh, not only as a as a player, but as a leader as well. But um, you know, we'll have Steph back for the next game as well, hopefully. And uh, we just again, the bye will be another week that Appy and and Brooksy get to recover. As I don't know about you, but I wasn't expecting Talon De Silva to come in and win a game and score six tries for us. I don't know why Sheenzy. He loves the ten tries for me, doesn't he? Yeah, it's just it's it's a weird one. I don't think anyone really had huge expectations. It was just excitement at seeing the kid come on, and literally his first run uh, we saw was a, a half he break, like, but it, like fifteen meters off his first run. With yeah, half break. It, it looked um, and he looked. I mean, confidence is obviously the key here. This kid, he 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 knows he's good. He seems. The interview they did on the West Tigers website is really good. Uh, go check it out. But he seems a really, really humble and nice kid. But at the same time, seeing him on the football field with his bright orange boots, he uh, he's not short of confidence, as. No, definitely not. And I agree. I wasn't expecting him to come on and score six tries on debut as well, especially since he only played, what was it, 35 minutes in the end, I think, or 25 minutes or something. Um, but if you recall, Sheenzy said something similar in the presser after Brooksy's 200th, where it was a bit of an over-exaggeration, but um, he said something along the lines of everyone was expecting, or it BS that everyone was expecting Brooks to come on and score 10 tries or whatever and all that jazz, and it was just a little bit bit of a ridiculous over-exaggeration, but apparently Sheenzy's... Um, that's one of his go-tos at the moment. But, yeah, I, I'm super stoked for Talon. He had a great debut. Um, I've, if I remember rightly, he might have only missed one tackle, so he stood up defensively as well. Um, I just want to bring up this really dumb take I saw on Facebook. I think it was yesterday. might have been yesterday. Uh, where someone basically said, until Appy or Brooks comes back, we should play Talon as an 80-minute hooker to blood him for next year and to play Simkin in the halves. And I just started thinking to myself when I read this, I was like, dude, what are you smoking? Mm-hmm. Like, he's he's an 18-year-old kid who turned 18 literally a month ago. 
coming up against blokes like Nelson Asofa Solomona, who was an absolute grub the other night. Yeah. All those other storm forwards, Tui Kamikamitha, like any any of the others you want to name, and he'll be coming up potentially up against some Cowboys forwards mm-hmm. like um, Tamalolo, Leilua, all those other guys, Cotter, Nanai. And like, you're, you're not going to have this 18-year-old kid coming up against these grown men for an 80-minute 80, 80 minute game compared to the fact that he's only played maximum 70-minute games in the junior grades. Um, he played short stints of 70-minute games in Jersey Flag, and he then played a couple of short stints um, in an 80-minute game of New South Wales Cup. Like, there's no chance in hell that a young kid, no matter how talented he is, can come into the most demanding position like most physically demanding position in a football team for like a smaller a smaller bloke for 80 minutes and live to tell the tale. Rob, were your what were your impressions of this kid? Oh look, I tweeted after his first run. It just reminded me of, you know, obviously in the hooking position, but it reminded me of Benji's first run almost 20 years ago at Campbelltown. Like I'll never forget that run. I won't forget the speedy he showed off the mark. Look, probably the one mistake he made was going for the try, but you wouldn't you wouldn't begrudge a kid. You know, you could see his eyes pop up open, knowing that like he knew he was going from dummy half on the last tackle before he even took off. But really good debut. What I was impressed about the most was actually post game. I could just see how much he embraced the moment, how he got got around with his family and friends and supporters and took photos, and he just really wanted to cherish his debut. And he's got so much confidence, which is really good. To be fair, I didn't get to see the you know, the Farrah comparisons as in, you know, the way he moved around dummy half. But I've watched the game again. His service was first class. He plays with a lot of pace. Um, I agree with Aaron. He's not going to play 80 minutes, you know, but with all due respect, Aaron, if if you're getting involved in those Facebook pages, brother, Mm -hmm. like it's just, it's just asking for trouble. It it, it put 10 years on my life, seriously, like it aged me 10 years. I got off those ages ago. So that's the only one I've commented on in, like yeah, I'd, I'd have full time. <laughs> I'd have full time fights with people on on stuff like that. But look, good good debut, and that's what I'm saying. There's things to look forward to. So, but we, you know, just I just want to see players play in their rightful positions. And if play, p- people are playing badly in their positions, don't play them again, guys. This we've just got nothing to gain out of it. You know, we got guys who might not be up to it, but you know, Tristan Riley scored seven tries in six games a cup. Okay, give him a go, even if he can't tackle. He's got to be better than. Kapoa, who we just keep pushing, and and Talau, and and what Talau was on the bench and didn't even get a minute the other night, did he? Like, what mm. what sort of bench rotation is that? Like, why didn't we have another forward out there? And we we're getting pummeled. Like, they were rolling through us every set, and and they scored tries untouched. You know, with with backline shifts to Warbrick swing, and Kapoa just looked like an absolute deer in headlights, and he just stop, miss the ball, turn around, and just stand still. And it was like, it was like he was. That's what happens at training, and that's what I do on the field. It, it's just fucking embarrassing for a first grade, and we keep persisting with it. So, you know, and and you know, like we said before, you know, I don't know if you've got this, Josh. Have you got the bit where Sheen says it's very hard to find halves talent? Uh, I don't he, think so. Well, he, he said something yeah. to that effect, and I'm thinking, well, you know, if it's that hard to find game managers, why did you let two of them go? You know, we're, we're, we're in this lack of depth in the halves position because of him. No one else. It might be in this clip. This is a clip of him talking about Ben, the Ben Hunt situation. Player, but I'm not going to. I'm certainly not going to start a rumor that you know we're chasing him. We're, uh, he's he's on contract with St George. He's got no uh, 
no clause to say get out of that contract. So, yeah, at this stage, we can't deal with anyone that's not got a that's in that situation. So we're looking, we are looking. We're obviously looking for next year as well. Given Adam, that we may be late coming back next year. I, you know, I've, I've heard on the uh, on the conservative way and said he won't play. If he does, it's a bonus for us next year. So right at the moment, you know, we, we are actively looking for options in England and here. So, uh, but so is a lot of our clubs. You know, the, it'd be nice to be a, a classy seven in these days because um, it, you know, the money the money comes with it for the boys. Is that what you're talking about there, Rob? Yeah, he, say, he says something to the effect of that they're, they're very hard to find. Mm. Look, I mean... I, I get to watch most of the games, you know, on the weekend. And having watched St. George the last couple of years, there's no game that they've won that they wouldn't have won without Ben Hunt. Like, okay, if we're not allowed to, you know, ethically go for him right now, I get all that. But it, Hunt's probably got two or three years left, Max. He doesn't want to play hooker. Thankfully, we've got the best hooker in the comp, in my opinion, in Happy Coruscant. So he never has to worry about ever going to dummy half. And we've got a young kid called Talon De Silva who's going to take that spot. And, you know, we've still got Jake there. So Ben Hunt doesn't have to worry about playing hooker. It's just a matter of whether he wants to go to Queensland or, or go to a different club. But he would literally make us a top eight side. So mm, why can't we I throw stupid, stupid money that we're, uh, you know, we propose to throw to Moses? Why don't we throw it at him? Like, I can't see another club offering him 1.1 or 1.2 per year. Mm. And, you know, we've, we've done worse. We, we offered M by... 850,000 a year, whatever, for three and a half years. Like, surely Ben Hunt is better than that. St. George are such a rabble, but when he's there, he just makes them look a better team than they actually are. And if if Hunt's on, they're competitive. And if Mm. Hunt's not on, they lose. They're they're literally, like, they are a one-man team. And I just know we've got a better roster than St. George. If we could snag him ASAP, it'd be wonderful. Maybe he doesn't want to come to us, which is pretty much the case with every club. But let's make him an offer that, you know, he can't refuse or, or, you know, try and make an offer. Like, we just can't let it go and say, oh, look, he wants to go to the Titans or or the Roosters want him or whoever or Canterbury. You know, I, th- I think we've got to make a play, guys. And even if we don't get him, at least we'll be jacking up his price for some other team to have to pay more for him and, and screw yep. their cap up a bit. But we've, we've got all this money, Josh. Like, we've been told we're... We're one million under the cap now. We've released Joffa, who's on four hundred to four fifty this year and six hundred next year. Brooks is going to be off the books. Well, that, that's a million dollars that's free, freed up. I mean, there's and we've told other players to look elsewhere. Uh, the one thing I will say with with Adam Dewey, um, this hasn't been reported, but Adam Dewey's first operation went so well. He, the, the surgeon actually considered doing both ops in the one go. And Adam's doing that second operation in two weeks. So originally he was going to let that recover for four weeks, but the surgeon is so happy that he's actually going to do that second operation early July. And he's planning to be back by round 12 at the latest next year. So hopefully mm. we get Adam back in the middle of next year, which would be something, you know, because we've given him a contract extension and, and we all thought he wasn't going to play at all next year. So I'm pretty hopeful we get Adam back in the middle of next year. Well, enough time for him to hopefully earn another contract. So enough time, yeah, to ramp him oh, up. Well, enough time, yeah, enough time to, for him mm. to show that he's worth, you know, see what he can produce. Uh, 
one place that's certainly worth the effort effort is uh, West Ashfield, part of Holman Barnes Group. So for the West Tigers versus the North Queensland Cowboys game, which is Saturday week, uh, you can support the Tigers from West Ashfield when they um, you can uh, don't miss out on mouth watering half price pizzas and four dollar. 80 tap beers from kickoff until half time. Uh, the Ambush West Tigers group are also giving away fantastic prizes with your chance to see special appearances by West Tigers guests from 4.30 p.m. Uh, for more information, visit holmanbarnsgroup.com.au. Holman Barnes Group, bringing people together. And, yeah, those pizzas are sensational. If I wasn't in Fiji that weekend, I might uh, probably would have been there. Uh, righto, on to some news. So, uh, Jonathan Gowie came out in the media today that he said he basically said that he didn't never wanted to leave the West Tigers, and I think we kind of knew that by the emotion that he was showing <laughs> in that um, last game when we had last game that we know about the Cowboys, but it was our last win, obviously, wasn't it? Um, when Joffa yeah. left, so uh. Joffa said, I don't want to go too far into details, but everyone knows I didn't want to leave that club. Sometimes you just got to read the room. I just put my best foot forward and backed myself to come here. I don't think it was that hard when it was really, when it really wasn't my choice. Everyone knows how passionate I was about that club. I signed three years for a reason because I wanted to stay there to be part of the changes that were going to come. Things changed and what happened was out of my control. Uh, as if you're reading that and you're potentially going to sign with the West Tigers, it's very concerning that a guy like Joffa, who we, I mean, we love Joffa on this show, big fans of him and the effort that he put in in a rubbish side the last couple of years. It, um, yeah, kind of kind of hurts a lot more reading this. Yeah, and wasn't it only like a day or two um, before he won the Kelly Barnes Award last year that we offered him a three-year contract or a three-year extension or whatever it was? So, yeah, I don't know. It's extremely disappointing. I get that when he was re-signed, we didn't have David Klemmer and we didn't know we'd be getting David Klemmer. But in saying that, he's one of he was he was our best player last year, um, leaps and bounds pr- above pretty much every other player on the team, um, in what was an absolutely terrible season. And I just think it's extremely dis- disappointing that he was basically pushed out of the club. Um, yeah, I. It seems like there's still some issues with the culture in regards to the higher ups um, treating players the way they are, um, in regards to like saying, hey bugger off if you want or whatever it is that they're saying to them. It's just extremely disappointing. Rob, what are your thoughts on this? Oh, look, it's, it's really disappointing for a number of reasons. Um, You know, I know Sheen's preseason wanted to make Joffa captain and, you know, other, other people that have got the decisions there didn't even think he was going to have a first grade spot. Uh, I know the decision to get rid of him was because of the money he's going to be on next year. Uh, to be fair, not that it, not a, that it's Joffa's fault, but to be fair, I think the the decision basically to get move Joffa on was when we were zero and seven. I think we kind of was already starting to you know pack the tents and, and lock up the mm-hmm. circus. So I think it was done then. But you see how good we were through the middle in that Cowboys game, and then 
you know, literally like we haven't been the same team since. I, what what bothers me is I just think, I mean, obviously we want the guys with the talent on the field and that's, you know, really important because if they don't have the talent, you know, they can't produce wins. But we need people within the club that love the club and want to be at the club. And now we've got rid of him. We got rid of Hastings and, and we, we, you know, I'm not, I'm not meaning to cry over spilt milk, but like now we've got a halfback who we've invested 10 or 11 years in that wants to test the market yet he's been backed by the club and he's like basically saying, well, F you, I'll look elsewhere. Yet we're getting rid of guys who want to stay there and be there. And I'm sick of the excuses. Oh, this bloke's a prick. You know, no one likes him. He's got a gambling problem. He's a match guy. All this fucking bullshit. You know, this guy won't come to the club because he's going to be there. What are you running there? Are you letting the inmates run the prison? Like, it's that's your job. There's going to be clashes in personalities. There's some people that aren't going to get on with other people. You know, we used to get told back in the day there were two factions in the Housey and Tigers days. There was a Benji faction and the Robbie faction. Like, you know, that that's just life. Like, if you've got players that want to be there, that's the hardest thing. You know, like, I don't I don't see the same Joe Offangawi at Parramatta. I know he's only been had a couple of games. He got injured in the first game and he made his comeback last week. But he doesn't even look the same player to me. Like, not running with the same passion or, or tackling. I'm not saying he's not trying, but... If your heart's not in it, your heart's not in it. And you could you could see that with guys, you know, you see that with Benji at St. George or, or Farrah at South. Like, some players love the club and want to be there and want to see it do well, and, and some don't. And I just think we've got too many Chiefs and not enough Indians at that club. We've got too many coaches. We've got too many people putting their hands in the pie. We've got Lee and Justin going behind everyone's back and getting Fulton, which, because obviously figured Sheens doesn't know what he's fucking talking about, which is true. Uh, and there's just there's just no unity, you know. It just seems like there's decisions made willy-nilly. And, you know, what are we doing now? Now we're tra- chasing any halfback that literally has number seven on his back. So I, I just think it's poor. We can't cry over it now because it's done. But what do, we, what do we learn from this? Like, I, I don't know. I just don't get how you get rid of a player that's performing at the club or you don't do a backflip and say, you know what, this guy's really been good the last two weeks. Are we doing the right thing? Instead, we just bent over and let Parramatta, you know, get what they wanted. And, you know, and that's a club that's always given us a hard time when we've wanted something and screwed us around. So I just think it just shows where we're at at a club and, and you know, where other clubs are. We're, we're just so far behind in the off-field department. And, you know, look, I hope Fulton can fix that. But, you know, I, I, I just don't know. I'm just going to wait before I, I judge uh, to see what he does because... I've got my reservations on his appointment as well. Rob, one of the concerning things for me in that regard is how much of this are they going to continue doing once Benji Benji takes over in 2025? Are they going to keep doing shit behind his back or do you think they'll support him more or what do do you think is going to happen in that regard? I've said it before, maybe a couple of weeks ago, uh, Aaron, I think if Benji and Fulton aren't on the same page, I mean, Benji's not going to take shit and it seems like Fulton's not going to take shit. I heard privately, you know, what he told Warren McDonald, uh, you know, and he, and he wouldn't sort of take a backward step there. He was very, very direct in his, in his views and who was going to be, you know, calling the shots. So if, if Fulton and Marshall ever do clash, there's going to be a big issue. And I, I dare say the club's not going to get rid of Marshall. They'll, they'll kick Fulton out. So, but, you know, look, let's just see what Fulton does, but, you know, if Fulton's a bloke that got Aaron Woods to Manly, I do have reservations. 
Uh, righto, back to the game itself. 28-6 to the Melbourne Storm, obviously, on Saturday evening, despite Alex Twole's 22nd-minute try there. Uh, yeah, halftime, it was only 14-6. Uh, a few stats. Uh, possession, 53% to the Melbourne Storm. I feel like the Tigers maybe got that back a little bit. I mean, when they're scoring tries back-to-back, it's pretty hard to get possession. Um, Anything else as it stood out from you? The completion rate, 82% for Storm, 70, so 32 or 39 for them, 26 of 36 for us. So not great uh, completion rate. Too many errors from our boys in this one. Yeah, the errors, we've gone back to the like our last few, the last few weeks, our last few losses, we've gone back to how we were playing in the early rounds, trying to throw things around a bit too much. And I think that's because of the state of the club and like ladder position and everything. Um, probably the the two stats I found most interesting that you've got on the screen there, Josh, are the line breaks. We made four line breaks to their three, um, despite us only scoring one try and them scoring six. Uh, and our try was off a kick as well. So we didn't technically make a line break for that try. Yeah. Um, and it was actually reversed when I was looking at the stats with you on the drive home. Um, but the it swung around a little bit by the looks of it, but the average set distance where they've only just barely made more meters per set on average than we had. But mm. when I was discussing it with you in the car on the drive home, that was barely in our favor, despite us mm. having less possession um, and making less meters. So I thought that was a little bit interesting. Uh, tackle breaks, 36 to 21 in our favor. Like just, it's just, Rob, you called us the Denver Broncos. We've, said that a few times this year for those who don't know in the nfl basically my beloved broncos are known for great defense and just can't score a fucking point and that's exactly what my west tigers are like at the moment as well yeah look i i I really don't think our defense was what it's been guys i hate to say it i i just think even the other games we've lost teams have not rolled through us like melbourne rolled through us and i think the big difference between the Melbourne Storm and the West Tigers is it doesn't matter who Melbourne bring in, whether they've been playing Z grade, C grade, Cup, whatever. When a, a Melbourne Storm player puts on that jersey, they know their role. Mm. They know how they're meant to play. They look like good players. Like you were making jokes last week, you know, garlic, penne, look like we're having pasta or something. You know, we're at an Italian mm-hmm. restaurant. Uh, Wishart, who's just a... Every time I see him play for Melbourne and he gets... 15, 20 minutes, whether it's a hooker or fullback. He looks like an average player. He came on the other night. He looked like a superstar. And I know he's not a superstar. I think we made him look like a superstar. So I just think the difference in the clubs is they have really good ways of teaching their players what their role is. And if you're playing a certain position, this is what you have to do. And with us, you know, in some parts, we don't seem to know what we're doing. So we we need to be a bit more like the Melbourne Storm and, you know, Whoever's in charge, Benji, Sheens, I don't know. But it's just not good enough, guys, because some of our blokes look like strangers in defence. You know, I've got the game on now and I'm watching it again and they're just rolling. They're like, all oh, their yardage sets are ridiculous. And, you know, like I, I mentioned those names, 30-year-old George Jennings just made 10 metres. Like, it's just not good enough, guys. It's just, just not, you know. It, I, I, it's just frustrating because for I, even though we're coming last for most of the year, we've perform so much better than this and we are much better than this and I just feel like you know I was worried last week that if the competition ladder 
like made finals looking look like it's out of reach that we, you know, take our foot off the gas. And I just didn't see the intensity, guys. I mean, I'm not saying they didn't try, but I've seen them try harder. And, yeah, we're just just not good enough. It's I'm really worried for the next few weeks. Like, I, I just think the Cowboys are probably going to put a reverse score on what we did to them at Leichhardt. That was just – that was rubbish what we put out the other night. I can't defend it. I've tried really hard to be positive all year. And mm-hmm. to be fair, I think we've had a lot to be positive about, even in losing performances. This was rubbish. I'm, I'm so glad I didn't go to the game, Josh. You said that our defense missed tackles 36 to 21. So Storm, 36 missed tackles, and we could only score one try for kick. As no, I know, as, but it's, yeah. it's, not, it's, not, it's not like you can't just look at it at the missed tackles. Like I said, when I, me and you were like at ground level watching that Canberra game, and Canberra really came out. They were actually winning the physical battle the first 20 minutes, but we were we were getting in their faces. They were just probably getting over us in the yardage. But after 20 minutes, they kind of got a bit tired and, and mm. we got on top of them. I didn't see that. Like, even though we didn't miss tackles, Josh, we, our line speed was rubbish. Yeah. They were, our, our first contact was like after they'd made eight metres before. So we might not have missed tackles. We just weren't enthusiastic. I mean, I don't know. Maybe the ground was a bit slippery and they didn't want to go up too fast. I don't know. It Just, just defensively, it just looked like if we had played like we did in the second half, in terms of defence, I think think it would have been a lot closer. But just some of their tries were, were just so easy. And how they stripped us of numbers, it's just not good enough. And you don't want to point fingers, but, you know, what side did it come down? It mm. kept coming down the left and it come down coming down to one bloke that looked like he'd never played a game of rugby league before. Uh, just some of the top tacklers. So Johnny Bateman, 52 tackles, only two missed. Uh, probably he had 41 only two missed. Jackie Simkin, 39 and not one missed. Jackie Simkin, uh, yeah, pretty good sharing that hooking role with Talon the Silver. Alex 12, 35 and one. And I think Sean Bloor was 34, not far behind with none missed. Uh, tackle breaks, probably he had six. Uh, run meters, you asked about Dream Bullet before. Rob, he had 217 on the nice. final count. Uh, post-contact meters, Papa Lee at 84. Papa really played well in this one. And my guy, Sean Bloor, he led the team in line breaks with a couple of really good ones that, um, yeah, very memorable ones that uh, got me on my feet, that's for sure. But um, I just want to say one thing, Josh, about the game. Like like the three of us have touted, you know, we've got to score more points and maybe we should throw Bateman at lock and, and do the switcheroo, bring Sean in. Who played well and 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 Papa Lee played well, no doubt. But I'm actually starting to wonder now. Like we had we had really good defence up until we made those changes. I'm wondering should we go back to even though Bateman had big numbers and all that. I mean, are mm. we going to persist with keeping him in the middle? Do we do we put him back on the right edge and and you know maybe maybe play Sean in the middle? Although he had a great game on the left edge. Don't get me wrong, but I just I just feel like our defence had a bit like they were getting used to playing with each other. And everyone knew where they were. And I, I just feel like now we, we look a bit vulnerable in defence. So maybe do we go back to putting Ice on the left and Bateman on the right and Fanua in the middle and, and Sean off the bench or something? I don't know. I just I just don't think it's working. I don't know what any of the, any of the listeners think, but it, it, we just looked pretty flimsy the other night, guys. Even though there weren't as many missed tackles as the opposition, they scored a lot easier than we seem to try and score. I, I'm just thinking, I just realised we just got... Uh, this- just got a root in the uh, in the cricket. Joe Root out for 46. Gary Lyon got him out, which will mean nothing to anyone listening to this not live. But uh, Aussies 
if England are four, fuck. Come on, boys. Um, as anything to add before we move on from this one? I just find it interesting that a lot of the stats seem to be adjusted um, after, like after the fact, because it was another thing that I asked you in the car on the drive on the drive back. Uh, how many run meters do you think? Jareem made and I was like do you think it's over or under 200 when it was 199 and mm. they upped it to 217 so I just find that interesting that they adjust stats after the fact I and because you yeah. were surprised that it was under 200 like even though even though it was yeah. there, you were like oh come on just give him one more <laughs> yeah they ended up giving him 18 more maybe they checked it oh, someone might actually know maybe they checked the GPS or something after it I don't know don't know how it works actually that's be pretty interesting to know uh i mean the ladder let's not look at it too long but i think everyone knows where we're sitting right now so we drop below the dragons by uh two points because they had their buy and yeah for and against wise we're now 20 behind them as well so we have another buy this week do the dragons play next week uh, yes, they do. Yeah, play. The they've, got the, they've got the the Warriors on uh, Friday night. The Bulldogs have a bye with us. Okay, so if the Warriors so... the Warriors win by twenty one plus, we'll get off the yep. bottom of the table. <laughs> okay. Uh, on to our friends at Mobile Corp. So if you need, uh, you've got a local businesses, a local business, and you need someone to manage your IT, your networks, or your mobile devices, uh, local business owners looking for a partner, you can uh, take away the hassle of dealing with IT issues, make sure you have cybersecurity in place, handle all your mobile dev- device needs. Uh, mobile, mobile Corp can help with all of these. Mobile Corp is a family-run business and a long-time supporter of the West Tigers. Reach out to our friends, Stephen, and the team at Mobile Corp. Check out mobilecorp.com.au. That's mobilecorp.com.au. And shouts to our friends, Paul Sirenin and Shane Walker. They're up on the screen. Uh, right on to New South Wales Cup. And, oh, not a good day at Leakham Oval on Sunday in terms of the scoreboard um they did erect the new tommy radonicus stand or tommy radonicus oam grandstand at lincoln oval which i got an image up there but um 46 to 4 to the dragons in this one so uh yeah the dragons running all over us i didn't see any of it but um i mean rob when you got your first grade side's depleted, then your second grade side gets depleted. So I guess we can't really expect too much from our uh, our Reggies at the moment. Oh, definitely. And I think Dane Laurie and Will Smith were late withdrawals. Poor old, you know, the late Tommy Radoni, because every time we do something in his honour, we yeah. get freaking lapped, right? Yeah. So, yeah, not good. But, um, yeah, I, I guess if there's no one pressuring in, in, in lower grades, it's not helping the top grades, so... Yeah, I, it is what it is. Uh, so the table there, the, the Magpies, they sit in 10th there, 6 and 8. So, yeah, it's um, falling a bit apart in that grade as well. Jersey Flag, they had the bye last weekend. Righto, on to player ratings. Um, 
I'll run through them and I'll get the boys to pick out any that they think uh, are overs or unders. So Jareem Buller, 7.1. David Nofaluma got a 5.3. Brent Naden, 4.6. Asu Kepa'oa, 3.4. Junior Tupo, 4.7. Stafford Toa, 4.6. Brandon Wakem, 3.6. In the forwards, Fanua Pole, 5.6. Jackie Simkin, 5.2. David Clemmer, 6.4. Isaiah Papali'i, 7.7. My guy, Sean Bloor, 7.8. The second highest in this game. Um, possibly first, which I'll get to in a second. Johnny Bateman, 6.4. Talon De Silva, 6.5. Tommy Talau, 1.2 for his zero minutes. I probably should have just taken him out of the survey. Pretty unfair for poor Tommy, who... Uh, sat on the bench the whole night. Alex Twal, 8.6. A lot of 10s given to Twally for uh, for this one. Alex Safar, 4.5. So, um, look, Sean Bloor, 7.8. I was hoping for an 8. Hoping for an 8 for my guy. Nearly got there. It was probably just one. Um, I should have I should have dropped a 10 in there. I don't vote in these. I should have dropped a 10 in there. Maybe that would have pushed him over the limit. But Twally, 8.6. A little bit of a, a sentimental vote there for Twally. So, Really, I think technically Sean Bloor might have been our man of the match in this one. But Isaiah Publi is 7.7 as well. Between those two guys, really, were our best best players in this one. And Dream Buller, I think 7.1 is unders as well. I think he's um I think they've voted down on Dream purely because we didn't win this game. I think he, he was better than a seven point one. But what do you boys reckon? Uh, look, like I said earlier, the back row were amazing. Uh, I'm really happy for Sean because he's copped a lot of flack. Um, some of his runs are outstanding. Uh, we've always known he can be that player, but just to see him do that, um, you know, to, to paraphrase Tim Sheens, I hope you don't all expect him to make three or four line breaks every week. But, <laughs> but I mean, you know... Kind of do. He's starting to find his feet. He's coming off a, you know, knee injury... You know, he hasn't had much first grade. Uh, what is it? He's only his second game back in first grade, I think. Um, you know, obviously when Joffa left, he, he's come in, what, two weeks up, a week after Safarth got dropped. So, look, uh, one thing I do want to say, and I'm, and I'm happy to take every West Tigers supporter on here. If you want to take me on, private message me. I'll absolutely <laughs> I'll rip you all to shreds because I'm watching the game for a third time now. Go and get stuffed if you think Brad, uh, Brandon Wakeham had a bad game. You are absolutely fucking kidding yourselves. I'm watching it again. His kicks were spot on. Yes, he kicked to Warbrick a couple of times. We also got an Alex Twole try from Warbrick. Sean Bloor's line breaks are from Brandon Wakem passes. His kicks were spot on on the try line, where one where Kapoa jumped up like a fucking lunatic and dropped it. I don't know what else the guy could have done. He didn't have a fucking 5-8. Like, seriously, fucking pull your heads in. Watch the game again and then come at me because... You've obviously seen the game once and you said, oh, wake him shit. He didn't score 10 tries tonight. And he's had a fucking good game. I, I don't know what you expect of a bloke that's got shit around him. He organized the team well. He kicked well. He tackled pretty well. Watch the game again and then come at me. All right, Dave. Tough, tough one to follow there, As, But um, any, any stand out to you? Yeah, I've got... I think three that stand out to me a little bit. I think um, 
uh, which one was I going to say? Uh, Tupo is a little bit overs. I thought he had a pretty poor game. Mm. Um, personally, uh, I know a lot of the defensive deficiencies that ca- that caused um, Warbrick to score four tries come from AJ making reads that put Tupo in a horrible position. But even in attack, I thought he was pretty poor as well. I'd, I'd say maybe like a two or a three instead of a 4.7. Yeah. Um, I think Johnny Bateman unders a little bit as well. Uh, not the not his best game, but he, he led from the front as the captain. As well, I thought he put a really good foot forward there too. Um, and the way he stood up to Asopa Solomona, when, especially when Asopa Solomona should have been sin-binned, um, was really good to see. Like he, he's got that, he's got that dog in him, as 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 the kids <laughs> say. Um, and I think Jake Simpkins a little bit unders as well. Um, I'd probably give Simpkin about a seven. Um, I thought he had a really solid game. Obviously, Appy's shoes. Uh, very, very big ones to yeah. fill. So we're obviously not going to get the same output from Jake that we would from Appy. But by Jake's standards, I thought he had a really, a, a really solid game um, as well. I'd probably give, yeah, probably give him about a seven. You mentioned Asafa Solomona there. Add him to the list with um, Tino. List of absolute fucking grubs that right. I can't stand. 100%. Absolutely. Uh, Matthew on Facebook said, "Did Bateman get marked down for his Falcon?" But um, <laughs> who put, was just put it? Sim- head, just, just put his who, head in the wrong spot. <laughs> who threw that pass? Was it Simkin? I, I was actually. Or was it that happened? But I, I remember Vossi just laughing his head off, saying it's yeah, he loved one it. of the best Falcons ever. But I actually, I actually <laughs> saw it again. I'll I'll try and keep an eye on eye out for it now. But I've got to agree with Aaron on all all of what he said there. But uh, am I wrong in saying maybe Junior Tupu had the wrong sprigs on? He just was looked like like he had roller skates on. Yeah, he had, he had no. Every time he got the ball, he was slipping over and sliding. He made a couple of good runs, but everything else was pretty piss poor. To be fair, yeah, he dropped a pretty simple ball. They spread the ball left, and he ca- if he catches it, it wasn't a perfect pass from Kepa, but definitely catchable. Probably would have big chance to lead to a try. He got out jumped by uh, Warbrick as well for Warbrick's first yeah. try. So. Talking um, about intensity, I'm I'm just watching the Melbourne Storm last try there. What the hell's Brent Naden doing? He's just staring at the ball instead of falling yeah. on it. Like he's there and he just doesn't want to get dirty. Doesn't want to fall on the ball. That's what I'm telling you, man. There was there was just like you can there's difference between saying you're trying, but when you actually see it on the field, there was no desperation whatsoever. He's there, could have fallen on it, and just they have an air swing and the second bloke gets a try. It's just really poor. What about yeah. the dropout that led to their um their last try? I think it was or the the play that led the cause the dropout where um I think it was Jareen gets absolutely collared. Yeah, co-hanging. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There are a few a few um we didn't get any help with from the rest, but we were never yeah. going to win. We were never going to win, and and sad to say, you knew it from the first five minutes when they rolled sixty and seventy meters. That has not been the West Tigers this year. We've been so much better than that. And it was even when Twally scored, I'm like, we're going to need him to score a few more because we just never looked likely. I was hoping that would lift the team, but they probably did for about three or four minutes, and then just we went back to being poor again. How much um, do you think losing Stefano affected our our grunt up the middle and our um, starch up the middle defensively? I don't think it affected us defensively. I think it affects, I think it affects our yeah. grunt, our grunt mm. in attack, but. Like, 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 I don't want to sound like a broken record, guys. 
our whole team is happy, Coruscant. And when he's not there, we're, we're a different team. I mean, Brandon Wakeham tried to organise things. You're right about Jake Simpkin, Aaron. He did play well. Talon De Silva played well, considering it was his first game. I don't think the hookers are, are anything to blame, but it, it would have been nice if the hookers did have a kicking game, you know, just to take a bit of heat off Wakeham. But honestly, I'm watching everything. He's thrown one bad pass in 80 minutes, and I'm like, gee, gee what, what do they want Wakeham to do? I thought he did really well in organising the team, in trying to pass. He didn't have a 5 eighth there. He tackled well. His kicks were spot on, man. His kicks were like finding literally the, the junction of the try line and one metre out. I, I don't know. He had, that taint, he had that tainted number seven on his back, I think. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, would Brooksy have done as well if he had Tara outside him? Like, that's the thing. I don't know if, I don't know how Brooks would have gone with not having much around him as well. So, yeah. just, just, I, just, I just think my, my, big, my big knock on the team was just the defensive line speed. I just know we're so much better than what we showed the other night. And having gone to that Canberra game, I, I left there disappointed because we lost. Even when we were down 18-0, I knew the blokes were ripping in. But I just I just didn't see that the other night. And I'm just starting to think this is what we might be getting for the rest of the year. And that, that really disappoints me because we're only in June. Lance on YouTube mentioned Tupo's drop ball definitely looked like a, a knockback. And I thought so. As yep. well, there was, and then yep. Melbourne before one of their tries, I think it was before Wishart's try, they clearly passed the ball to someone in front of them. He's facing the other way. It was definitely, if not a forward pass, a pass to someone uh, in an offside position. Nelson's palm to the face. It's a Bateman. Could that have been a penalty of some sort? Like, um, there was just, yeah, there were a few calls that just were. The That'd thing with rough. the Tupu one, guys, the thing with the Tupu one, it was clearly backwards. And I'm sure Tupu thought it was backwards and his teammates thought it was backwards. But the problem is you only get one challenge a game. Do you really yeah. want to you really want to potentially risk losing that challenge early in the game, like we did when Steph lost his challenge um against Canberra a fortnight earlier? And that mm. that's the problem. Like, even if you kind of know you're right, you're thinking, man, we, we better not lose our challenge now, because if you lose the challenge. Suddenly, the opposition is going to start ripping at the ball when you're getting up to play the ball, and you, you can't challenge it if they rip it out and the ref didn't see it. So, I don't mind that we didn't challenge it, but it, it did definitely go backwards. So, so we did get a bum call there. Right, some of your best comments from this survey. So, yeah, keep an eye out for uh, on the next game. Pretty much after the game just finishes, I send out the Google form to fill out, and there's a little section where you put in your comments. So, here's the best ones that I plucked out. So from Green Man, uh, just lack class. Really can't expect much with that spine. Wakeham has run out of puff. His performance has been pretty ordinary the last few weeks. We tend to th- we need to throw 1.5 mil at Hunt for two years. Uh, Chris W, just not, not hungry enough. No one diving on loose balls, etc. Cannot defend errors at all. Bench balance needs some careful consideration. Some of the most brutal left-edge defense. AJ to New South Wales Cup for good. Stafford back to centre. Bring in Will Smith. I can't believe I am suggesting him. Or Laurie, <laughs> we must be desperate. I am sure Twal will have traded his try for a win at Campbelltown. Overshadowed the historic moment. Uh, Joey Basari. Uh, I've given Tim Sheens a zero solely for the fact good. he picked, picked a centre on the bench and didn't play him when he could have had Will Smith there instead of made a shift. Moving Toller back to centre and Smith at six. His selections baffled me all those years ago, and they still baffle me now. TDS looked 
very sharp and the future is looking bright with Bullard, TDS and the likes. We can't be too hard on the team when you think about it. We are missing four of our starting 13 and three of them are spine players. I think we're missing more than four. Too much common sense, Joey. Way too much common sense. Agree with everything you're saying. Missing four. Appy, Appy Brooks, Adam, uh, Steph. Steph, four. I think there's another one we're missing, weren't we? Staines. But would you get a start? And Staines. Yeah, I guess you can. Yeah, yeah probably not. Uh, Doreen said, my thoughts are on the crowd. They whinge and whinge about not getting enough games there. They still do not show up. Piss poor uh, 8,000. Hashtag Leichhardt is the ground. Um, I put this if one in put there. put a game to... on before, you might get more. Yeah, I don't think so. It's it's a tough one. They're playing against the Melbourne Storm. The team isn't in form. It's bitterly cold in the middle two, of winter. And we've just copped two major injuries to two spine players and the season's yeah. over. Look, if we were playing that at Leichhardt, we probably will, would get 3,000 more there. But I, it's not about comparing the numbers here. The Campbelltown area, they've got to get out there and they've got to be a presence because it's its a growing area. They've got to start yeah, to, switching the kids, getting the kids out there, not supporting the Panthers down the road or um, someone else. So it's, it's not about that. And like I said... It, it wasn't. It was literally the worst possible scenario for getting a crowd. Shit team, out of state opposition. I mean, it wasn't raining. If it was raining, probably would have made it even worse. But um, yeah, Campbelltown. I still think it should be fifty-fifty. And I love Leichhardt Oval. I have my wedding photos at Leichhardt Oval. I want my ashes at Leichhardt Oval. It's it's my church. But you you got to you got to look at the um the big picture for that. So any in the ad on that guys? Yeah, I, I just think in terms of that crowd number being down two or 3000, Josh, that's probably the difference between Canberra supporters and Melbourne supporters. There's yeah, hardly probably. any Melbourne supporters up here and Canberra probably thought it was going to be Croker's 300th game and already had tickets, you know, prior to him being withdrawn the week before. So I, I just, I just think it's probably the same amount of Tigers supporters that showed up basically. But uh, again, I'm going to be a broken record. Put some more entertainment, guys. Put another game on. Put something before it that say that you're not just getting there at eight o'clock to, to watch a first grade game in cold weather. I'd I'd love to see two or three games. If no one's there at four thirty, who gives a shit? Just mm. put something on there so you've you've got an excuse to get there early. You know, I think I, it... I, I just miss going to seeing two or three games at one ground, Josh. Yeah, I, I think if it was a Sunday, if it was one game, it was Sunday afternoon at four o'clock. The crowd would mean bigger. You can't take. You can't take kids to four degrees uh, at or small kids till nine thirty at night. So, but it's, it's two um, games in a row now. We haven't had a, another game prior. Yeah, we got cup on at Lidcombe Oval. Like, who, who are we yeah. trying to please with having games at Lidcombe Oval? Seriously, you're right. You're right. We, we're back in the dinosaur ages. Like, just get over Lidcombe Oval. Put the game on before your first grade game, and and people might actually start following the Magpies more when they do have their standalone games and, and get to be a bit more attached to it. Uh, like Lance, for our last two sorry, Sydney, for, and for our last two Sydney home games, we're only going to have a game pre-game at one of them. Like our next Sydney home game is the round 19 against the Sharks. That's on a Thursday night, I believe. Um, so there's not going to be anything pre-game for that. But then we've got the round 25 combank game against the Dolphins where we've got 
our women's team playing before that. So it's and I and I don't know why we just can't have more double headers with reserve grade. Like like you said, I don't understand why we couldn't just have reserve grade playing before the first grade on Saturday night. Because not like it would have changed much, um, or it might have changed it a little bit. You, you get a bit of a bit more of a crowd for the reserve grade game, um, and like fans get a bit more value for their buck because I think tickets cost the same whether there's one game or or two games on the day. And I don't know if that's going to change when the NRLW starts and there are double headers there. Like if tickets are going to cost a bit more for, for like an NRL and NRLW double header, like I, I don't know how all that's going to work, but yeah. Well, I know, I know we had a lot of players promoted, uh, Aaron, and we've got guys on the bench that have come up from New South Wales cup, but hand on heart, I could not name five players in New South Wales cup. Like I know Laurie and Will Smith pulled out. If you ask me to name five players, that they got flogged on the weekend. I couldn't name them, and that's because 20, we don't get we don't get to hours. see them though. Yeah, but we don't get to see them. We don't get to see. Yeah. Them. I don't know who they are. You, you ask about a certain player, you don't even know what he does. Like I'm not going to mm. go to Luke Oval to watch a and game, you can't or... even, and you can't even watch a stream or anything. That's what I mean. It's just <laughs> yeah. perfect. Uh, Lance Kosh Koshny, uh, he said, "I live in Wollongong." I think it's oh, yeah, Lance, Lance is in the uh, in the comments there. It's See, see, did I pronounce your name correct there, Lance? I think I've done his name before. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm pretty sure you did. I, I pronounced it, it like I pronounced it Koshny last week, and he said that was right. So, Koshny, uh, I live in Wollongong. Fortunately, decided to attend this particular game as I was able to watch Twelve's moment of magic in person and experience the electric atmosphere around the ground. But I was disappointed that the fans didn't rush out onto the field. Aaron would be happy to know that I gave Twelve a ten. P.S. I would have loved to have met you blokes in person, but didn't see you guys. For you, your information, I sat in the Western Grandstand. So were we, I think, as from the Western Grandstand. Um, yeah, 100% Lance and anyone out there, if you see us, we're at the club beforehand as and I signed up to that West uh, Campbelltown. West Campbelltown to get a, a discount on food and drink for the next so hopefully next year there's more games out there. But any ground, um, yeah, come up, say good day. I was had my Sean Bloor jersey on; wasn't hard to um, miss. But yeah, anyone will we have was, a chat. We were sitting up and in the grandstand. We were sitting up in my member seats in Bay Thirty Three. So if anyone's near Bay Thirty Three next year out of Campbelltown, um, reach out, come say hi. Yeah, uh, Leichhardt. Um, we have plenty of people come up to us at Leichhardt in the Latch and Robinson as well. Uh, Dom Jet, uh, what are the boys doing at training all week? Their plays in the red zone are horrendous. The last tackle options are a joke. No direction, no leadership, no skill, no creativity. Who is coaching us and whoever it is, is it's not fucking working. Dom Jet always agree. Let's us know, let's us know how he feels. Um, patreon.com forward slash Westlife if you want to support the show. I think one of our Patreons, last I checked, had dropped something for us to talk about. Uh, Andy was taken, says, at what point do we start questioning the appointment of Scott Fulton as recruitment boss? Bit of a worry at this point in the season, having no first-grade half signed for 2024. Um, and then one my trip came in after and said, that's not really Scott's fault. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I don't, he hasn't had, well, how long has he been there? Four weeks? Yeah. Um, and the reason we got no backup halves is because 
whoever yeah, made the decisions, whether it's Sheens, Marshall, whoever, got rid of Madden and got rid of Hastings for, for you know, greener pastures with a couple of forwards. So, um, look, who knows? I, I think we're just we've, – we've got to find someone. Um, Josh, you're probably aware, apparently, the Telegraph are reporting uh, that we're chasing up Cogger from Penrith, which – is a quite a desperate move. I'm not a fan of his personally. I, I think it'd be a bad signing. Um, poor defender, average goal kicker, can organise, has got a decent kicking game, but not a good goal kicker as such. Uh, I just think it's a bit of a sideways sideways move. The, the only thing I, I would say is good is if they're trying to bluff Luke Brooks's management and sort of say, right, oh, Brooks, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're moving on, well, we're moving on from you and we're looking elsewhere. But other than that, I just think it's a really poor move. Not that there's much out there. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a bit desperate. Yeah, I'd rather just look. I think Luke Brooks will be back next year. I reckon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> to finish, Shane Cole, our Benjamin Marshall tier Patreon member, he said another shit performance. Even with Appy and Brooks there Saturday night, in my opinion, we still don't win. We are still clueless in the red zone we've been making great meters all year to get there and then what our fifth tackle options are average and we rarely contest last tackle bombs that's a good point when we ever put up a bomb how come every time the other team fucking jumps on top of us and contests the ball and then we put up a bomb and i know on one occasion uh probably was fucking taken out on a take in the corner early in the game as well, and the referee didn't pull that up either. But for whatever reason, get up there and fucking contest the ball. Are we kicking it too deep for the players to get there? It's just, Sometimes. I don't know. Just the, yeah, it's just, it's all those little one percenters, our team, like short kickoffs, short dropouts. We can't defend them, we can't do them. Every other team in the comp seems to be able to do them. But anyway, back to Shane. It's this is Shane's time. Sorry, Shane. Uh, seriously, what are we doing at training? I'd love to know how much time is taken focusing on our attack. What is that imbecile Sheen's doing? Marshall would have something to do with it. He wears the headphones during the game. Who's running this shit show? How long before our next crop of stars like Buller and Co. start to look elsewhere? It will be another Tedesco, Moses Woods, Exodus. Can you blame them? Oh, well, we only have another four years to go before the next five-year plan comes into effect. Uh, Shane, Shane did send this email, I think, Love Not it. long after full time, so he was uh, he was on one there. Love you, Shane. Thank you. Uh, our next show will be Thursday night. We're probably going to just do it's obviously a buy round, so we'll still do our normal tips and that sort of thing, and uh, a mailbag as well. So if you've got a question or topic or something you want us to, to discuss, um, email us podcast at westlife.com. Or join us live on the show as well Thursday night. So obviously State of Origin, we're not going to go fucking live on when the blue the hopefully the Blues beat the Maroons. But um, yeah, we'll be live Thursday night. I know the girls are playing Origin Thursday night as well, but um, we'll have that on in the background. So anything else to add, uh, boys, before we say goodnight to Big Dog? No, I just I think it's other than Alex Twole and. David Nofaluma now combining for 100 tries between them. <laughs> uh, there, there's not much to say. But, look, I just think, you know, I might have gone off a little bit on, on a few people tonight, especially Sheens. Sheens is basically in my Jason Taylor basket now. Like, that's that's the level of lowness I've got for him. But 
everyone says, oh, you know, stop whinging and just support, blah, blah, blah. It's really hard when you see poor decisions being made year after year after year after year. Now we're 12 years of not having semis and you're just meant to just sit back and wave your scarf and say, go Tigers and everything will be okay and get your kicks out of, you know, a prop forward scoring a try after 116 games. We, we just need more to look forward to. And I just think, I'm glad we came up against Melbourne because honestly, Melbourne could add another five players out and they still would have beaten us. They, they, they are a club we need to aspire to learning your role as a player, how to come into. And I, and I think the coaches need to do that as well. It just shows that we're, we're way behind the eight ball in everything guys. And I'm not saying it's doom and gloom. I still think there's a lot to look forward to, but it's not just our, the playing group that has to be better and getting better halves and getting better depth in the squad. We need our fucking coaches to be better. So, you know, they've all got to be better. And, you know, I just, I just, I've had enough guys. I just, you know, after the game, I just didn't even want to do this. I was just thinking, what am I going to fucking say on Monday night? And I'm, I'm not a quitter. I don't want to like not quit, but literally every time we lose now, I'm like, I don't want to do a podcast anymore. That's how the level of frustration it gets because I want this team to do so well. And I don't want to heap doom and gloom, but fuck, mate, I'm telling you now, if we, whenever we put, a shit performance. I'm going to rip the fuck out of everyone. I do not give a fuck anymore. I'm fucking over 12 years of shit. Everyone's got to be better, especially those knobs at the top that are doing fuck all. Uh, as again, not sure how you're going to follow that. That Rob is uh, he's bringing the fire tonight, but um, I mean, fucking yeah. over it. Man. We, we don't disagree with him though. I'm at the Shane Calder level of support. I was going to say you, you you give me Shane feels right now. I won't. Uh, I'll never fucking yeah. ditch you. Like I've got yeah. a responsibility to you to do this thing, but I'm not going to fucking sit here and say it's fucking all roses and sunshines and lollipops or whatever the fucking phrase is. It's fucking shit, and I don't want to see it to go down the track of last year. Where we're going to get flogged every week, and Sheens is going to put fucking hookers at fullbacks and fullbacks at props and backs that don't get any fucking minutes on the field. He's just got to, seriously, someone just fucking get rid of him. Take him out. Do something. Offer him a job somewhere else. Pay him not to be there. We'd be better off. He just fucking shits me. And how anyone listen to his two-hour podcast, fuck me. I can't listen to seven minutes at a presser. Christ. <laughs> uh, right, As what uh, can you finish this with? I'll try to be a, a bit uh, bring a bit of positivity to end the show. I, I know this year is shit yank. and next year may be a little bit shit too. Um, but I think there's definitely something building. There's definitely something coming. Um, it does seem like we are trying to emulate Penrith a little bit with what they did, like um, bringing all their juniors through and slowly introducing them to the game. And then once they once that was done and the connections were there, they started killing it. Like they had a somewhat of a rebuilding year in um, 2019, which where they finished 10th, um, only just barely missing out. Well, not only just barely missing out, but missing out on the finals there. But, and then look at what they did in 2020, 2021, 2022, and even still this year, they've got a bit of a dynasty going. Um, so I think if, if we continue along the same route, hopefully we introduce a few more of these juniors that are coming through, we get cohesion in the team. It may take a few years, but I do think there's definitely something that's going to be coming. Um, but yeah, as for this year, like uh, Kim said in the Facebook comments there, bring on the women's team. There's no excuse why next year can't be good. Yeah, next be, year, be it'll be top eight next year. Be fucking I'm, I'm hoping, think I'm of hoping a way next to get year will be better. That. 
Think of a way to get get a halfback. Pretend if you do not get a guy to steer the team, you're going to die. That's how you got to think. Be desperate. If I don't find the right man, I don't have a position. This club's got to be desperate. Not just sit there and say, oh, Tim and Benji and Robbie and West Tigers DNA. Fuck off with that shit. Do your fucking job and give us a, a good team to support and a team that is in the hunt in July, not when the season's over in May like last year and June like this year. Come on, man. We've got a big supporter base. We want to see the team do well. Anyway. And get and give Sean Bloor a contract extension this love week. Sean Bloor. Sean Bloor's allowed to make mistakes. He doesn't make them, but he's allowed to. We love him. But everyone else can get fucked, seriously. (laughs) Righto, everyone. Thank you for joining us live tonight. We see you in the comments and love uh, spending as much as as angry as Robbie is. He's angry at the team. He loves you. We all love you all, all our fans. um, Yeah, they come up to us at games. They join us in the comments. uh, Interact with us on our socials and our Patreons as well. We love you all and have a great evening. Go the Blues and we will see you on Thursday. And, boys, I know it's hard. I know it's hard, but go the Tigers. Pull your finger out, Sheens, you old fart. Go the Tigers. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Westlife Podcast. Please follow us at Westlife Pod on Instagram and Twitter and facebook.com forward slash Westlife Pod. You can also support and take part in the show at patreon.com forward slash Westlife and give us a subscribe on YouTube and turn notifications on. We'll see you again next time on another episode of the West Life Podcast.